Welcome to the Junction City Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Martinez. With me in the virtual octagon. Ladies first, of course. Of course. Go ahead, Colby. Uh, oh, uh, my God. This is Meg Sanders. Solid the continental gentleman, Colby, Colby Peterson. Peterson. Thank you. And I'm John Miles. And just regular old John Miles. A man who needs here. no introduction. <laughs> That's right. Well, he kind of, uh, he needs a little one. Don't he doesn't have his tell. glasses on. Uh, on today's show, we sat down with Chad Mortensen and Philip Rodriguez from the Postal Service to talk about the predicament that the Postal Service has been put into by well, President I don't, I don't ha- President, oh dang, see, I was trying to go all peas with that, but uh, anyway, uh, yeah, we'll be talking with them about, seriously, the Postal predicament that's going on. Uh, we'll do some pinkies up, thumbs down, pinkies up, thumbs down. And we have events and a poll. What? what? But first, oh, what's the hap-haps? John Miles, what's the hap-haps with you? I'm first. I had something in mind, but then it, it got kind of supplanted by, I got to tell Colby that I was driving on a little mini road trip this week, and my phone put on some Josh Ritter, oh, and yeah. like, I think I'm a fan now. Oh, yeah, dude. Who's yeah. Josh Ritter? I don't know who that is. That's Colby's guy. We named our kid after him, dude. Oh, really? Yeah, he's oh, he's like a folk singer. Yeah. Wait, and he's Colby... not named after the famous... John Ritter? Other... John Ritter? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely no. Not. I would have named my kid after John Ritter. Mm-hmm. No, we named our kid after Josh Ritter. Yeah. And you know what? He's good. I, I never gave him a chance till now, even though you spoke so highly of him. And then I was like, damn, this is good. Well, Colby's look him right. up then. I like a good folk singer. Me too. Yeah, Josh, uh, I, I would say especially like his first five records, really good. I mean, or uh, Sermon on the Rocks. He's got this, he did this like Southern thing. Uh, I don't know. He's cool. He's a, he's a songwriter from Idaho. He's from Moscow. But um, he's just, he's just really great, man. He's just, Didn't he do that parent movie too with the little redhead? Problem Child. Problem Child. Oh my gosh. Watch it with your kids. They'll love it. Right. Never mind. And the, I'd the buy other. that for a dollar. <laughs> no, that, that's RoboCop. What are you talking about? It's not, so, even... it's not the same thing, though. I thought it was the same thing. <laughs> is it? No, it is only on RoboCop. I actually looked it up. Okay. It's fake for <laughs> RoboCop. Uh, anyway, the other thing I was doing, I've been, I've been watching a bunch of like um, concerts on YouTube. Like a lot of musicians right now are doing cool things because we're all still locked in at home if we're smart. So... I've been liking what people are doing on YouTube, and it's I've I've talked with Colby a little bit. I want to try to do something with local music on YouTube, so that's the other thing. I've yes, been, I think we could do jam sessions over Zoom like this. People just like taking their turn. Everyone brings a song. We go through it like an agenda. I think it'd be cool. Oh, that sounds Get a bunch like of local people involved. That sounds like torture. Yeah, Meg, sing that's, us a song. Definitely no. invite Megan. No, listening to. People that can't sing or play their instruments is a form of torture. No, what I about, want people that can. What about karaoke? Mm, if I'm karaoke. drunk enough, I'll no. have a good time. Oh, oh how about know. this? Let me let me have like a five-minute set, John. No, three-minute set. Of this comedy. is what I'm talking about. This is what oh. I'm talking about. Let's do it for comedy. I'll do it for comedy, too. Yes. This, the exact same concept works for that, comedy. I'll do that with do. you, Dan. All this right, will be minutes. the show open for next week. Is we're all going to come... Yeah, we're all gonna come with three minutes of whatever we stand want. Stand up, oh, okay. stand up, or Meg can sing or no. dance yeah. or something. Because I was gonna say, I'm not talking about bad singers. Like I've heard Colby play the guitar; he's good. 
We've got Jason Allen. He's good. Dave yes, Owen with Imagine Music. He's good. Yes. That's where There's my daughter takes singing lessons. Oh, yeah. Imagine Music. Yeah. yeah I don't it, think it, Jason Allen's that good. I heard him singing Jason today Allen. on his video, and I was He's just kind of like, no. I was like, this is bad karaoke. And you know Wait, what? what? I can say do? that. I can say that because he doesn't listen to this show anymore. He's not on it. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you're calling so, him out. Yeah, I, like I am calling him out. Exactly. I thought it was very odd. Like, if I looked over and I saw my husband videoing himself <laughs> singing, I would be like, when did you become a douche? Yeah, why do you not get a, Do I not give no you enough, enough attention? What's I'm gonna wrong? Go yeah, grab I, my bongo I just don't drum know just about like setting up your phone and adjusting it just right. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, 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 know I hope he listens at. to this segment. I know. This is some serious shade. I love it. Sorry. Kobe, what are you I should doing? be more pleasant. Uh, you know, this week was really busy, uh, but we went and uh, we visited Boise um, this last weekend. I went to Guru Donuts, Eagles Island State Park, I think is what it's called. It was a really cool little park just outside of Boise. Yeah. And then you uh, had a big launch, right? Oh, yeah. And then we also, you know, we've been talking about, I've talked about this a few times about how we wanted to make deodorant and some other things. And so last week we formally launched our brand continental gentleman online and <gasps> oh nice chocolate. Chocolate. That the jingle no no chocolate yeah. um but yeah we launched the the brand and i was working on the website today and yeah i so gotta make, tell you so i bought make, product from can you we guys. make commercials for your, for oh, your yeah. continental gentleman like i am ready that, we're gonna make that <laughs> I commercial. can't imagine a worse couple mm. of people to try to sell that they smell good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really, the lotion is amazing. I got, I've had uh, lavender and then the citrus and they both are wonderful. And then yeah. I don't know, are you selling the sugar scrub? Yeah. So what we did, that's for, my favorite thing. Nice. Yeah. So what we did with the sugar scrub is we, we, repurposed it for men and so we put a different blend of essential oils in it um the formula brown is basically sugar. the same though yeah we brown use brown sugar, sugar. oh, brown oh sugar. for real oh, <laughs> yeah and so it's, it's sort of a face and beard scrub and then we put them in these tins um but maddie will be launching her own brand probably next week um, Ooh, what's that going to be called is it still continental, continental. ladyman hers is going to be <laughs> ladyman hers is going to be the queen collective oh yeah for all the queens That's out good. there prestige right yeah yeah um still so, kind of sad that you guys didn't do the uh cocoa butter not cocoa butter just like the chocolate all around smell. chocolate, chocolate smell. smell i would i would love to walk around smelling like a kit kat bar oh <laughs> i want to watch him a call it can you or, what? Just want or it's like oh yeah uh, i like to watch him a call it. snickers mm. <laughs> he's rolling his eyes colby's like yeah, I, know. <laughs> I have a candy in my freezer i'll be right back i'm gonna go Meg, get wait, i have a what did you do? Peanut Meg, oh, oh, what did Meg, you do will you bring me a watch him a call it okay so here is what has been happening this week aside from like the normal stuff so i don't know if i've told you guys about this before but my best friend growing up you know, goes and she gets a master's degree in criminal justice, right? And uh, now she is in jail for various violent offenses, Thanks. including uh, some drug issues. And if you read the Standard Examiner, she was recently arrested for having a uh, standoff with Ogden police mm -hmm. and held her roommates hostage. And so now she's back in Weber County Jail. And um, we have been emailing each other back and forth um, through the prison or through the jail system. 
And, you know, um, literally we probably send like five messages a day and it costs, so I have to pay up front, you know, and then we back and forth send messages and what a wreck. It, oh, yeah. it is, it's, it's 50 cents a message. That's a joke. And, um, you know, obviously she only has a certain, so they have tablets that they message you on and they have to take turns and you have to buy a, a package to even get access to the tablet. So she has, she said she has the gold package, which allows her like 15 minutes on the tablets or something like that. <laughs> I need to do this with my children. Well, and that's, you know, and so it was interesting because this week, uh, somebody in the jail, uh, tested positive for COVID. Right. And so, you know, they had to move all their bunks and they had to figure out what they were going to do, you know, because you have this community tablet and then you have a pandemic going on. But really, that is, I've spent so much time messaging back and forth with her. Oh, my kid's yelling look at, at me. Look at, Me look at Meg's adorable little cat, dude. Where is there it? Hey, cat. Right there. Oh, there it is. Bath on the couch. It is um, cute, so... That's, anyway, that's... it's I've learned so much about the jail system that I had no idea. You know, they have four different levels, mm -hmm. and the top levels, like one, two, and three, they're only allowed an hour or two outside of their cells. Yeah. How yeah. is that okay to do to people that clearly have, you know, because she's got a master's punished, in criminal justice. So if for her to be doing what she's doing, there has to be something wrong. You know, she, so. You're right. We should lock her in a cage. It's just terrible. Forever. Yeah. No, so, John, 23 mm -hmm. hours of the day. <laughs> it's just insane to me that you would just lock people up and not give them an opportunity. So well, anyway. criminals, so they chose it. So fuck them. Yeah. They chose oh. to be addicted to drugs and have their whole lives destroyed. And, you and know. And mental illness. Yeah, all their fault. Stupid idiots with their mental illness. So that's what I've done this week. It's been really eye-opening, um, really heartbreaking, you know, because I've known her since I was five. So you just, but there you go. Ba -ba -da -ba. Happy news. Uh -huh. Oh, one thing we forgot to mention, um, just tonight, it's official. We're going to have a baseball season, folks. Oh, no. That's not part of the hap-haps. That's like a pinkies up. That's a thumbs down for me. You took yeah. my thumbs down. <laughs> no, dude. It's... I, I can't wait. Pinky's way up. All your favorite players are getting the COVID. No. This is no. where I leave and go get my Reese's Cups. The Talk steroids. Yeah, the steroids <laughs> kill COVID. I think it's a break anyway. <laughs> yeah. that's a. This is a great time to take a break. So what we're <laughs> going to do is we are going to take a break. Well, Mako gets her, uh, uh, whatchamacallit. Whatever she made up. When we'll she come said, back. No, she said Reese's. Whatchamacallit. John wanted a whatchamacallit. Oh, anyway, fuck. we're going to come back and we're going to be talking with um, Chad Mortensen and Philip Rodriguez uh, from the Letter Carriers Union. From the Letter Carriers Union. Um, up next. Ashley Wolthius and the Elements of Real Estate are proud to support the independent local journalism of the Junction City podcast. If you're buying or selling real estate, or if you need a certified residential appraiser, contact Ashley at theelementsofrealestate.com or by calling 801-391-8503. Welcome back, JC Peeps, to the Junction City Podcast. We have with us today um, uh, Philip Rodriguez and Chad Mortensen from the Letter Carriers Union here in Utah. We appreciate them being willing to come on and chat with us about um, 
kind of a, a pertinent issue and an acute issue that's happening in our community right now. Uh, an issue with national scope, but with local impact because the letter carrier union here in Northern Utah is a strong one. And those folks work hard and long days to make sure that the mail gets delivered. So welcome Chad and Philip for, welcome to the Junction City Podcast. Thank you, Colby, appreciate that. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Uh, one thing I will know, uh, Chad, uh, Chad, you're the president of the Northern Utah Legal Council, right? Is that right? Yes, that is correct. That's yeah. from, we go from Bountiful all the way up north to Idaho. Yeah. So just an kind of an added piece. And, and that's kind of how this issue kind of got on our radar was me attending Northern Utah Labor Council meetings. Love hanging out with you guys there. And like I told you in the last meeting, hope to become uh, an IBEW guy very soon. So we'll see about that. Joining join the ranks of organized labor. But I wanted to give you both an opportunity to kind of introduce yourself to the JC Peeps. Um, tell us a little bit about who you are, your background, maybe briefly how you got involved with the Letter Carriers Union, and then uh, and then we'll go from there. So, Philip, maybe uh, since you're the president of the union here in Utah, maybe uh, would you be willing to start? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, uh, first of all, it's my pleasure. It's such an honor to be on this podcast and be invited um, to talk about postal issues. Um, I've worked for the post office 26 years. Uh, I started, uh, I discharged from the military and immediately went to the Postal Service. Um, postal Service is the biggest employer of veterans in, in the nation, private or, or uh, any, any business entity, either private sector or government sector. Um, I started literally right out of the Army. Um, never thought I was going to work there for more than three or four years. And fast forward 26 years later, I'm still here. Uh, I've been the president of the uh, Letter Carriers Union in Utah since 2007, and it immediately I was drawn to the union. Um, it kind of it gives you a way to balance um, the between management and union. As a worker, there's one path to prosperity, and that's through the union. As the unions decline, um, you're seeing that the wages decline, and being that I'm the president of it. I just can't tell you how valuable the, the union is, not only to the workers, but to our, our consumers. Um, we have a stable work environment. We have employees that not only, it's not a job, it's a career. You start there, then 30 years later, you retire. And that stability we bring to the American public and uh, professionalism we bring in. And that's because we have this a union job. Um, we have all the benefits of a, of a union job, uh, healthcare, uh, sick leave, vacation, pensions. And unfortunately, if I had a magic wand, it, I should be for everyone. And one of the things we're seeing a big growth in the union <clears throat> membership is because that's the only path of success you have in this economy is to join a union. But again, you know what? I've been a letter carrier. I'm a pride deliver my route today, put 11 hours delivering to, to my routes of downtown Salt Lake City. I saw Chad this morning. We both work in the downtown post office. And I love my job. I love working with the public. It's a service we provide our customers. They see us every day. Um, we, we, it's a $1.6 trillion industry directly linked to the post office. And uh, again, thank you so much, Kobe and Daniel. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And like I said, we are grateful that you're willing to come on and uh, chat about this issue, like I said, with it's a, a national scope, but local impact. And so, Chad, I wondered if you might introduce yourself to the JC Peeps. Talk a little bit about your path to the Letter Carriers Union and the post office. And also, maybe 
talk a bit about the beginnings of the Northern Utah Labor Council, which is a, we've shouted out your meetings often on the show. Yeah, awesome. So um, I started my career um, 22 years ago with the Postal Service. And before that, I worked in hazardous waste removal. And it wasn't very stable. I didn't have a, a dedicated retirement. And I was looking for a career that I could retire from and support my family. And I landed into the post office. And that has done, that has done that for me and my family. And the very first thing I did when I joined the post office was get, got recruited by the, by the union because it showed me how we're to get cost of living raises, how we protect our jobs. Um, it's not just um, the good old boy network. There's, there's protections against disciplines and, and stuff like that. And what got me even that much more motivated in the union was seeing what Congress was trying to do to the Postal Service. And I'm like, I just can't sit back and let Congress destroy this great Postal Service. And talking with Phil Rodriguez and some of our other mentors through, through the union, they got me interested in the legislative aspect of what was going on with the post office. And so I became the legislative liaison for the state of Utah and for the local branch here in Salt Lake. And just basically talking to all of our representatives and our senators about, hey, Congress rules the Postal Service and we need you to protect the Postal Service. You know, talking with uh, Jason Chaffetz and Orrin Hatches and Mia Loves and Ben McAdams and all of these people and they really all have the same interest at heart. They want to protect the service, but there's the whole nation that they got to convince as well. So in, in learning how it's so legislative driven, one of our aspects that we're looking at is how can we unify all these different unions? We have the sheet metal workers. We have... Um, IRS workers, you guys were just mentioning. We have um, operating engineers. So that's where we came to the AFL-CIO and they, they, they instructed us that, you know, if you guys want to organize, you need to create a Northern Utah Labor Council. And that's where that came to, to be in. And we, I think we're just like a year and a half now since creating. Oh, wow. Um, oh, that, so this is very, very recent. Yeah, it, it's you came in like maybe mm, five, six months after we kind of actually got going. So you've been one of the founding members. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we did have Danny Brewer on a couple of times on the show to talk about labor issues. You know, we had we had him on Labor Day last year. We really wanted to emphasize the importance of Labor Day and what it means, not just today to go and have a barbecue. Like, what is Labor Day all about? And uh, so, yeah, Danny did mention it there. So I guess it had just barely started. You know, we I think we had Danny on the first time in May of last year. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. And then again in September. Yeah. And and I have really it has opened my eyes up so much about other issues with other unions mirror the same issues. Every they want to the employers are wanting to take away our ability to collective bargain. Right, and and that's like this the the stepping point 
that they want to just take away that ability to con to negotiate fairly equally on the table. They want to be in charge. And uh, I'm really enjoying this Northern Utah Labor Council and learning so much every meeting. Yeah, it's, it's been great to also see it grow and, you know, see more folks show up. And I think it'll continue to do that. Uh, well, thanks for both of you for introducing yourselves and uh, talking about a bit about your pathway to the Postal Service and the Letter Carriers Union, both. I wanted to kind of pivot now in the conversation and and give the JC Peeps some kind of context. Uh, uh, yeah, some context and kind of set the table for them to understand what exactly is uh, the issue right now for the U.S. Postal Service. And then uh, we'll talk a bit about that local impact and a bit about what they can do to help fight for some of the, the same things that, you know, add their voices to the fight that you all are fighting right now with Congress by calling their representatives and such. And so it seems like the crux of the issue is in, uh, the PAEA Act. So 2006, uh, if you guys can help me out, uh, remember, help me remember what the acronym stands for. So it's, it's the postal. It's, it's basically the last time they comprehensively reformed the postal service. Mm -hmm. um, it's the Postal Reform Act. Basically, that's what we call it. Okay. Um, it was done in the middle of the night in 2006 yeah. um, under President Bush. Um, and it's such a complex little issue. But I guess before we get to there, I, I kind of want to cement what the post office does. And yes, sir. It's, Please. It's, it's, you know, the post office, you know, it's, it's founded in the Constitution. It was authorized by Congress, and it's operated as a service to the American people, um, authorized by the Congress, created in the Constitution, using zero taxpayer dollars. We're not a business. We're a service. We deliver to every address in the United States. Uh, we deliver. We're not there to compete with UPS, FedEx. We're there to provide a service to the American public, and we have been since the beginning of the uh when we signed the Constitution, our first postmaster was Benjamin Franklin. Um, fast forward to 2006, and this is where the post office, it was basically a cash cow for Congress. Can, That's can right. I, you, can I you ask, if you, sorry, can, yeah. I, can, I, can I back up just a second? You said not funded by taxpayer dollars? We don't receive any tax. Our, our operating expenses is um, based on the postage we sell. What? We, have, what? We, we take zero taxpayer dollars. No taxpayer dollars. I um, didn't know that. I thought, uh, why did, Why is it set up that way? I mean, was there, are, are you going to get well, to that? I mean, or. Yeah, you know, and it, it, it's kind of a lot of layers to this. In, in 1970, they separated us and kind of made us a quasi-government organization and um, gave us a mandate. One was that we have a universal service, meaning that if you have an address, we will deliver it to you. Under a universal rate, meaning that a stamp is a stamp is a stamp. If you mail a stamp from Salt Lake City, Utah, to Anchorage, Alaska, it's going to cost you 55 cents, or whatever the the rate of uh, postage is that for that particular year. And the third mandate was that we have to fund ourselves. We have to operate by what the products we sell. We're not allowed to make a profit. Um, if we do make a profit, it goes back to the Department of Treasury. But for what? For, Wait, for, yeah, for you don't, years. You don't take tax tax dollars, but whatever no. you make goes back into funding the government. Right. It goes to the Department of Treasury, and that leads me to this 2006 uh, Postal Reform Act that was the 
basically start us on the downward spiral. In 2006, in the middle of the night, they decided they were going to reform the post office. And, um, the biggest, for the most part, is okay. But the, the, the single most devastating blow to us was the mandate in that Postal Reform Act was that they, we, as Postal Service, has to pre-fund our, our retirees' health care for 80 years in advance. And at the time, there was 965,000 postal employees. So they took 965,000 postal employees, and they said, for those, those postal employees, we need you to fund their health care uh, for retirement. That bill alone was $120 billion. We need you to fund $5 billion, and it will, it will, uh, it will increase all the way to 2015 until that bill's paid off. No other company has to do this. Yep. No, no, uh, no nobody in the private sector has to do that. And I think basically nobody in the federal government has to do it either. Nobody does. It's a completely unreasonable um, expectation. And on top of that, I think uh, from a story that I read in the Washington Post from April, it talked about how I think at that particular year, the profits that were then returned to the U.S. Treasury from the Postal Service were about $5.6 billion that year. But yep. The market has changed markedly since that time, and revenues have declined. The revenues have declined. Um, we had the big bust in 20, 20, 2008. The economy yeah. took a tank right after that, but yet we still had to pay. Yeah. Almost 100% of our losses in 2006 has been due to this pre-funding issue. I mean, we're able to function as a postal service and do operations based on our postage. But when you add a bill of 5 to 6 to $7 billion a year, to pre-fund uh, healthcare for employees that haven't even been born yet. Mm -hmm. th and we have to fund them and employees at a rate that we don't even have 900,000 employees. We, we can't adjust it down to, you know, can we fund at least 600,000? I mean, the concept of providing healthcare for your retirees is great, but it shouldn't be at the expense. And to, and you know, one of the reasons why was in 2008 and 2006 uh, under president Bush, uh, the deficit was just skyrocketing. It was it was going up, not like it is now. But um, when we pay that five point five billion, it goes directly to the, the Treasury Department, and it looks like income coming in, and yeah. therefore the deficit is going down. It's really a, an accounting scam, and at the expense of the public. So, but yeah, fast forward right. to where we are right now, and uh, given this another economic turn, we can't survive without some sort of stimulus package. Uh, we just this entity we call the post office that provides one point we 48 percent of the mail volume in the world is goes to the United States Postal Service. We have 31,000 post offices throughout United States and territories, Alaska. In Alaska, we're the only game in town. And in Utah, rural Utah, the tribal lands, we're it. We're it. We'll go to Beaver, Beaver, Utah, Green River, Utah. Well, the amount will be there, you know, and we deliver millions, hundreds of millions of packages for UPS, FedEx and Amazon. We're not there to compete with them. We're there to help their business along because it's just not viable. Say you're UPS and you order a package to go to Green River, Utah. It's just not economically viable. But if you give it to the post office, we're going there anyway. Mm -hmm. And I would say that that's one of one of my biggest criticisms to folks pushing to privatize the Postal Service is that, okay, if that happens, 
how much service gets cut because like you said when you change from being a service mentality providing a service to the american people to a profit motivated mentality you are going to be looking to cut routes that do not make you money that are costing right. you money right it's it's and that's that's just a basic thing right. in business and so you're going to lose so much coverage because of that and a lot of people think that's okay and i'm of the opinion as i'm sure you are that that's not okay well even the cause and effect is such a big, uh, you know, I go back to the 1.5 trillion. Um, there's so many, there's so much business that's linked to the postal service. For example, the post office, we buy about 20,000 tires per year for 228,000 vehicles. So that someone has to make those tires. There's a company oh, somewhere. Right. Yeah, you guys are, 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 are um, yeah, helping stimulate the economy through, uh, keeping up keeping your your vehicles those kinds of things right the land the the printers well um, and, and you even know, like hiring rural uh uh post offices right though the, the folks that run those right i mean that's right a staff of what 20 maybe i don't i don't know is less. it more less like five five well, yeah you know down in uh in the navajo tribal lands the post office there they still have a People still go up to the post office on their horses, pick up their mail. Wow, and, that's crazy. You know, yeah, UPS and FedEx. You know, they're in, they're they're businesses for profit. God bless them. You know, our and Daniel, what you said, ours is for service. We, you know, you go to Social Security office, you go to any federal government agency, they provide a service, and that's what the post office does. Um, one of the things that just it's just some of the crazy stuff is, you know, just alone this year. We process 6.6 million passports. You know, we were, you can go to the post office and fill out application. We send it to Department of Homeland Security and you get your pass, you get your passport. Um, it, it's the services are unlimited. And Chad, me and Chad, for about five years, we've been working with the state of Utah and uh, on how can the state of Utah um, go and offer state services through the postal service. We've had this, we've studied this through legislative task force on the Utah legislature. God bless Karen Maine. Jason Chaffetz was on it. The idea was that in some of these rural areas in Utah, that they don't receive government services for maybe once a month or every 60 days for driver's license, fingerprinting, fingerprinting. What else, Chad, uh, that we looked at? Uh, background checks. Background um... checks servicing for uh notices for jury duties um this uh deeds um hunter licenses marriage licenses um anything that the state offers that we want to be able to be the kiosk at the post office brick and mortar building for the states um and and that's that that ties into what we need to do moving forward as the postal services we kind of got to reinvent what the postal service is offering. We're still offering service, but what kind of services are we going to be offering? And this is where we're wanting to branch out. We have representatives, um, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, they're wanting to bring back into the postal service, postal banking. Yeah. During the Great Depression, you know what helped get through that depression was the post office banking been able to cash checks for free, been able to offer a, a banking service and low interest loans during that depression helped get America back on their feet was the postal service. And they're, they're wanting to bring that back. 
what, how would that what would that look like would that be like a a kind of reestablishing like a national bank thing too or would it just be the the bank of the like the bank the of po- the post office bank of the post post office okay you could go in there and do banking services and you know banking for a lot of uh, uh disadvantaged people in america is they don't have access to a bank account they rely on these high interest um check places to cash checks uh, you know they you know they take 30 percent of their check to just basically to cash their paycheck you know, if they don't have a lot of times they go to the banks, they don't have, they can't pass a credit check or some exorbitant fees. If you could go to the uh, post office with your paycheck and cash a paycheck, get you a debit card. We have 32,000, 31,000 postal brick and mortar buildings throughout the United States. And again, that would be a service. They do this in Europe. In Europe, it's, you know, you go to the post office and you can do any financial transaction. That's, some of the, the post offices in Europe provide to their their uh, uh, their people in some of the countries. Um, I, I would I would say that you know Dan, there's a, there's a reason that recently I don't know if you've noticed that inside of Walmart's that they have gotten rid of some of the banks that they offered, and Walmart has begun to offer some of their own financial services just like this. There's a reason for that because it's profitable. They want oh internet. my God! Right, like the payday loan shit. Yeah, uh, maybe not necessarily uh, yeah. payday loan, but like like uh, Philip has just talked about, you know, the the price of simply cashing a check and the exorbitant fee that can come with that, or sending money, um, you know, stuff like that. They want in on that, and that's why they're Wait, doing it. So, what, is there a fee that you all charge to like Amazon and uh, I don't know eBay when you go to? Um, when you go to these rural areas that you're you you are no it's a one we don't, Normal we don't do surcharges we don't it's a one price and in the complexity of the post office we have a lot of regulators so we have a postal rate commission which sets the pricing for the post office on our services on how do we break even what can the post office charge the customers the lowest rate for us to break even um if UPS, they need to make a profit. So if they're going to mail a package from, say, Salt Lake City to somewhere in rural Wyoming, they're going to probably have, it's going to be a lot more pricier than the post office when you probably have a surcharge. It's a higher, you know, based on your zip code, it might be more expensive. But in the post office, it's a universal rate, universal rate, period, end of story, one rate for, for, for everywhere, all the zip codes in the United States. And um, you'd be surprised on a daily basis, how much packages that we deliver, not only for Amazon, FedEx, and UPS, because they'll just dump them off, off to us. We do their last mile, uh, hundreds of millions of packages every year. It's just not cost effective for those companies to go into a, not even a rural area, just into a residential area and deliver a package. So what they'll do is they'll, they'll collect a $20, $40 fee on their end then they'll drop it off at the post office and pay us five bucks to deliver the last mile. So meanwhile, they're making money, the UPS and FedEx. Um, Amazon, they started their own delivery service because their business is expanding. Like, like you know, they have their own delivery drivers, but we have Amazon Sundays now. We've had it for probably about four years where we devote Sundays just to deliver Amazon parcels, packages. Um, that's what we do. It's a service. We, It's not... We're out there trying to make money or compete with our competitors. 
It's the service provided to the American public. And that's what uh, we need to emphasize more than anything. Me being a 26 year veteran is like, I, those customers that I serve and Chad serves and letter carriers, they rely on us. I have Ken Sanders bookstore on my route. Ken Sanders. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Absolutely. Um, we, we have a, a rate of postage. It's called media mail. It's very cheap. It's for books and magazines. And it's a lower rate that we don't charge because the idea back in 100, 120 years ago, they wanted the magazine, the books out. And mailing a book through UPS could be 40, 50 bucks. Ken Sanders told me if he can't use the post office, he will literally go out of business because he relies so much on the media mail, the cheaper rate we deliver. Um, these businesses rely on the post office and the path to privatization, when you privatize an entity such a post office, what you're going to lose is you're going to lose that service. And ultimately the consumers are going to pay. They're going to pay through the proper route, the higher postage rates and, and less service. We've seen that in Canada where they try to privatize the post office there. And some of the countries in Europe, like uh, UK, they privatize. They're down to three days delivery. That's it per day, per week. And uh, we want to deliver seven days. We want to get everything out every single day, seven days a week. Yes, sir. So, um, is the census, uh, the general census uh, for UP, USPS, right? Um, right. Going back under the umbrella of, of being funded by the government? Like, what what would that do? It's interesting you say that. Um, one of the, uh, Jason, uh, going back about four years ago, Chad, uh, four or five years ago, Jason Chaffetz, he was, uh, he, he was the chairman of the oversight committee, which is the government oversight oversees the post office. And we had a meeting with him um, at the state capitol, Karen Maine, Chad, I, and Karen Maine. And Jason Chaffetz envisioned the post office. He thought our most important, valuable resource the post office is, is our network. That's the most vital part of the post office. Our network going to every house, every every county, every zip code in uh, all territories in the United States. He wanted to divert some of that money that they budget, the billions for census, and have the postal workers do it. Uh, we go to every house. We know who's living in every house. We know how many families are there. We know the addresses. We know that in this household that there's three families living here. There's two families. We know the names. We have an address management system. It would just make this, it would be beneficial and save money in the long run by utilizing the postal service. Um, some of the things he also discussed was, especially in Utah, was on natural disasters. Um, a while back there, probably in 2016, there was a, in the polygamous community down in southern Utah, um, there was a river that overflowed and some of the houses went into the river. And the idea, the only way that, that polygamous community very isolated, they didn't like outsiders, but they liked the mailman. And so the mailman was able to tell FEMA who lived in that house. That house was no longer there. What was the address? Who lives there? I mean, the people lived there. How many people were living there? because that's what we do we're part of the community and so jason chavis thought uh, idea was that in times of natural disaster they could utilize the post office in utah you know you could go out with the letter carrier you can go use our address management system uh natural disaster we could identify going to buildings um, we have access to the buildings with our special codes and uh just utilize that basic function and get back to the 
we're a service to the American people. Yeah. And I love the community aspect of that, the way you, the way you mentioned, Philip, that because folks, I mean, especially in more urban environments, like folks can walk their routes. So they're going, they're walking, walking up to your house, putting the mail in the slot, maybe saying hello. Maybe that person has had that route for a number of years. You know who your letter carrier is. You've built a relationship with that person. There's a lot of value in that. And um, I can't, I can't think of many other government organizations that have quite that same level of public touch and uh, that sense of community. Uh, Chad's been working on it for years as the Carrier Alert program. Do you want to talk about that a little bit, Chad, on the Carrier Alert? Yeah. So basically, as a letter carrier, we are the community, right? We're the community watch. We know what cars belong in that neighborhood. We know where, what even what dog belongs to what house, right? We know that Mrs. Jones lives by herself and she's not picked up her mail for three days. Well, if she was to, if her and her family was to join into this uh, carrier alert program, then we would have a sticker on her mailbox and we would notify our boss, hey, Mrs. Jones hasn't picked up her box. So then the supervisor could reach out to their contact information for a welfare checkup, mm. right? Um, things like that, that's that's what we're trying to work to get going in Utah. It's, it's implemented in a couple of the states back east and we're working with the local state government here to build a network to be able to do that. Um, but besides that, I mean, just on a daily basis, uh, carriers are heroes. We're, we're reporting fires. We're um, stopping flooding basements all the time. Um, lost children, uh, elderly people that has fallen down. Um, every, every, every week there's a, a local hero through the, through the postal service and the carriers. Um, so we're just trying to reach out and be part of the service to other community that we, we work in. Yeah, I think that um, in a lot of ways, it's uh, the way that Philip said earlier, it's last mile, but it's last mile in a lot of ways that people don't uh, think about. There are a lot of government services out there. And because you folks are the ones walking up and you know putting the mail in the slot and have a relationship with the folks on your route, you are the one connecting that last mile to a wider range of government services that are already out there. One of the things that uh, uh, you can see locally in the state of Utah is in 2016, you know, Utah, one of the most Republican states, very red state. Mm -hmm. And yet we were the first on board with uh, vote by mail. And this mm -hmm. next election coming up June 30th is 100% vote by mail. Um, in the initial talks we had on the Capitol back in 2014 on it, uh, we had to sell them on how secure the mail is. Uh, you know, the, the sanctity of the mail is absolute. We have, we have two federal uh, agencies. We have the postal inspectors with 200 federal officers that monitors the postal service. They're federal officers. And then we have another entity of the office inspector general. Um, the sanctity of the mail is absolute. I've been the letter carrier for 26 years. And once we have our mail for that day, we make sure that it gets to the box. If we don't, if we lose mail or we throw away mail or anything like that, we can go to jail. We have a federal works for If you go to any post office, they have just these mirrors all over catwalks where they're monitors all the time. Uh, the state of Utah reached out to the post office back in 2016 on the vote by mail, and it's been a, a success. It's been once they start a vote by mail, there's no turning around. You know, people love getting that ballot in the mail. They love looking at their ballot, 
a couple weeks before the election. They can research the, you know, these candidates. Then they mail it off and send it in. The only, and Spencer Cox just recently came out and talking about the attacks from the president on the vote by mail. And he took it personally saying, you know what? Vote by mail using the post office has been nothing but success. The only fraud that we've had is some Mormon uh, missionary parents trying to fill out their ballots for their kids. But even that, the safety precautions we have of vote by mail, it's picked up and and, and as it should be. It's been it's the signatures. It's their yeah. signatures. Signatures doesn't match up. So. Yeah, so we had uh, Weber County Clerk Ricky Hatch on the podcast last week, and we talked all about this issue uh, specifically about how it works. Yeah, yeah. Once once you folks have you know if if someone chooses to mail their ballot in or whether they've used a Dropbox or whatever, from that point, what does the county do? Like you said, they're they're double triple checking signatures. Does this match up? He took us through the whole process, so a very secure process. And like you said, Philip. You know the sanctity. Everybody, if everybody knows, you you don't open somebody else's mail, right? Like no, it's no, like no. it's embedded in your brain. Like you don't yeah. do it. So, so what's the what? I guess what what is the uh, message that you all are trying to get everybody behind, right? Because I mean that was part of the reason why you sure. all started the the Northern Labor Council. Did I say that right? Northern Utah, Northern Utah Labor, Utah Labor, Utah Labor Council. Council. Because it, it's it's about getting like the same voice, right? One uh, um, kind of solid movement. Um, what is it that like the like the JC peeps? Like what 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 can we do to help or like um, I guess talk to people about and, and and make sure that they know the struggles and 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 the importance of of USPS. By, by having us on, on this show, that helps us out tremendously because you just admitted to it right here. I didn't know that it was revenue neutral. I nope. didn't know that yeah. it was no tax, no tax tax dollars went to the postal service, right? So spreading the word, what really does the post office do? How much are we really charging? Nothing. Everything that we do through the postal service is revenue neutral. Right, and, and we're governed by three layers of government on making sure that the prices are set so low that everybody has the ability to use it, right? Um, so you, you, you're opening up for my pitch here is right now the Postal Service is in dire need because of our current administration in the, in the White House is just bound and determined to break us and privatize us. So what we need is we need the public to log on and go to heroesdelivering.com and just, yes, I love my mailman. Yes, I count on my mail. Yes, if I didn't have the media mail, I would have to close up my shop. That's what we need. That's contacting your representative. That's contacting your senators and telling them that, hey, I get my medication through the mail. It's cheaper for me to get it through the mail than it is to go to the CVS pharmacy. That's what we need the American public to do. You know, Phil mentioned back the 1970 strike and that basically shut down the economy. Well, the reason why we got that back is that the private citizens basically demanded that the Postal Service be there for them. And that's what we need today. 
Yeah, and I think you posted a thing the other day, Chad, in the Facebook group. So there's a Facebook group for the Northern Utah Labor Council, and we can share that in our Facebook group, the Junction City Forum, uh, if you'd want to join and be a part of this advocacy and start coming to meetings. But you, you shared an article that noted that the most popular government agency is the post office, yeah. it's the postal service. It really is. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been telling, uh, you know, my route is downtown Salt Lake City and beginning of March when there was a mass exodus. Uh, I was telling my customers, you know, trying to reassure them everything's going to be all right. With, you know, that comfort, you know, we'll be, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. Um, then I had a customer tell me, she goes, if the mailman doesn't show up, that's when I'm going to start to worry because through, mm -hmm. through civil wars, world wars, um, hurricanes, tornadoes, you name it, we've always delivered. Um, we'll deliver, we'll, they'll never shut us down unless it's unless there's a legislative or political bias to it, but we'll always, always deliver. There was no talk of ever the post office shut down uh, through this pandemic. We were there every single day, working 60 hours a week, making sure that the that when I walk into that business, they know everything's everything's okay. The mailman's here. And I, and I sure Chad got the same feedback from his customers, but that again that sense of that sense of comfort knowing that the mailman's going to show up is is means a lot to our customers. Again, you know we we've seen our uh, some of these neighborhoods we've seen kids grow up to adults, you know through our careers. Right. You know we've seen children now they're adults and now they have children, and we're invited to their picnics. We're invited to their you know we're just part of the community. And I think that's what the founding fathers envisioned with the post office, uh, you know, bringing America together, uniting us, whether it be through letters, stamps, magazines, books, packages, growing businesses such as Amazon. Um, you know, Amazon started using us to deliver their packages and they just exploded. That makes you know? that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's, it's a service. And uh, if they made it privatized, you, these people would just be another number. That's it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah right. Wow. Exactly, Daniel. Yeah. Uh, you know, FedEx, uh, that's another one that, you know, everybody thinks, oh, there's a big competition between FedEx and UPS. There's not. You know, they rely on us just like we rely on them. You know, hundreds, I've said it probably three times, but hundreds of million packages every year as we deliver for FedEx. In Alaska, FedEx and UPS won't even go up there. Um, the only game in town, some of those uh, uh, communities in rural Alaska, is the postal service. That's it. Whether it be by plane, boat, or or, or even dog sled at times. I, I do have a question. Are there any like um, reforms or any like legislation that, that that's out there right now that um, people can back or or I I don't know. You mentioned like Bernie and Elizabeth Warren, right? They're they're behind you, but. Uh, is there something out there, um, right? Yeah, to 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 reform. Because here's my thing: is I think, oh man, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna support. I'm gonna buy some, you know, buy buy some stamps, right? Buying stamps is a big thing. Um, but my concern is like, if if we all buy stamps and and you all raise them, you know, get the money that you need. All the excess stuff is gonna go, you know. Yeah. You're not gonna get the, all the excess stuff, which you should, right? Like that. That's yeah. where it, you, it should go back to you all, right? Like, the, yeah. is there? Well, one of the, one of the things we've had over the years is we've had uh, uh, bill after bill after bill to address the the big gorilla, which is the postal, is the, the 
future uh, retiree health care. The um, pre-funding. The pre-funding, I'm sorry. Um, the log jam is in the Senate. We always get it through the House. We, we had uh, 300 co-sponsors to our last bill, which was introduced last legislative back in October. Um, we have enough congressmen to pass it. We have enough senators in the Senate to pass it. We just can't get McConnell to get it out of the Senate committee. Man, it's it's literally worst. just stuck there. It's just stuck there. Everybody, you know, I've been to every office except for Lee, uh, not only in Utah, Montana, Idaho, every congressman, every senator vows, if I lose the post office, I don't know what we do. You know, I represent Northern Idaho. Uh, my constituents rely on the post office. Yeah. They're just, they're telling me over and over and over. But yet when it comes to introducing a bill in the Senate, it just stalled there. Just, it literally just stalls there. Right now, our our 100% of our focus is is getting the $25 billion relief on this HEROES Act or the, some sort of stimulus package. Um, this pandemic is just like every other business is is just devastated the Postal Service. Um, you know, the some of the mailers are quit mailing, some of the businesses aren't mailing. Um, Advertisements dropped. Up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so if we get the 25 billion, that'll put us on a, on a path at least to make it to another three or four years. And hopefully in that three or four years, we'll have a, a friendlier Congress in the Senate and we can actually get real reform, like substance reform. Because in the long run, we're, we're going to need that. Right now, we're just doing patchwork right now just to get us through the year. Yeah. And so I kind of wanted to localize the conversation a bit and wrap up here. Um, part of the issue right now is, like we said, that there's this this pre-funding issue where the Postal Service is required to pre-fund for employees for their health care and all of that. And they're, it's, it's costing them a lot of money. And so the, because the Postal Service is its own entity and it does not take taxpayer dollars, they currently have a debt. And that debt is somewhere around like $120 billion. Is that right? right. Yeah. And so because it's just, it's just accumulated, accumulated, and accumulated. And so what they're, what they're, the problem is that right now, the Postal Service could potentially not have enough money to make payroll through September, which is the end of the federal fiscal year, but on into the next year. And so if that doesn't happen, local letter carriers right here in Weber County are not able to do their jobs or get paid. And so it has a really detrimental impact on the local economy if this doesn't happen. Because like we've talked about on the show many times, Weber County disproportionately has a number of federal employees who are in unions. There are a lot of us here, whether they work on the Air Force Base, whether they work for a federal agency, whether that's the IRS or whether they're working for the federal or the Postal Service or the Forest Service, right? And so can you talk a little bit about what that $25 billion that you're hoping for the HEROES Act can do and support local letter carriers and where what that might look like if passed going forward to secure some of those jobs here locally. Well, one of the big things on the twenty-five billion is is you know when you have the, I think the most vital thing is we don't want any disruption in service. If the post office can't make payroll, what they'll do is maybe they reduce service, uh, reduce day of service, meaning that you know instead of getting mail six days a week or seven days a week, you know we can only afford to do it two days a week. We can only do it three days a week. Um, and that's the biggest threat we have to the public, whether it be in Davis County or, or you know, down to Provo, is we don't, we, those businesses rely on the Postal Service seven days a week. There cannot be a disruption in service. 
And if we don't get that $25 billion, the only path to go forward to keep the post office at least somewhat functioning is disruption in service. Um, some of the medication we have, we deliver pretty much every medication, all the mail for the VA, the Veterans Administration. Um, when, you, when the VA submits, when they put medication in the mail, we have to ha deliver by three days or that medication has to go back. If we're only delivering one or two days a week, those veterans aren't gonna get their medication. Those senior citizens aren't gonna get medication. Um, CVS who uses, who distributes the medications to distributors that we distribute, um, they're not gonna get their medication because they will not have access to the mail service because if we're only, if if we're only delivering three days a week, then they can't use us. They'll have to go to UPS or FedEx and again, those fees will go higher and that will have implications on the public, which will again, pay higher rates, so. Wonderful. Yeah, and, and just one, one thing to wrap up there is, um, you know, my wife and I started a business last week and we've been shipping um, items that we've been making and it's all been going through the postal service. And like, I've got a package I need to ship tomorrow that's gotta go down to Southern, a rural part of Southern Utah. I guarantee that even if I went to a FedEx office or a UPS office, you all would be delivering that package down there anyway. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah. yeah, especially in Southern Utah, especially on the tribal lands. The tribal lands, um, they 100% rely on the post office. Um, we had a, a senator, we're doing vote by mail. Um, this is such a complex issue, but um, they had some voter <clears> suppression <throat> in, in uh, Blanding, Utah, which is That's right. uh, four corners of Utah. And the federal judge told uh, uh, Blanding uh, that they have to provide more access to the ballot whether it be polling locations, open more polling locations to the Navajo reservation, which would cost a lot of money or use vote by mail. Um, we actually had to go testify down there because they said, well, we don't deliver, the post office doesn't deliver to uh, tribal lands or Navajo reservations, which is absolute lie, we do. Mm -hmm. And once we did that, then that, that sector of that Navajo community actually had access to the ballot. And what happened? You know, they didn't have to, they didn't have to travel an hour and a half to vote in one polling location. And yeah. didn't they flip it? They yep. flipped it. Now they two have Native, two out of three. Yep, two you Native know? Americans were elected because of that. Wow. That's exactly it. And that was just the vote by mail. We have all counties on vote by mail using the post office. Um, it, it's just a wonderful thing because, you know, the president of the United States voted by mail. The yeah. vice president of the United States voted by mail. Ivanka right. Trump voted by mail. You know, it, 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 the reason they did that is because it's a good access to the ballot. It's convenient. And, the post office is doing another service to our community, to the American people. So. Wonderful. Well, Chad, if you would um, remind the JC peeps about um, what the website was, how they can advocate for the post office and talk to congressional representatives. So here in Weber County, that will be Rob Bishop for the next few months, and then we'll see. Uh, but then also talking to Senators Romney and Lee about this particular issue. Can you remind them? Yes, it's heroesdelivering.com. And it, it'll it'll show you a little video about the postal service, what what we do, what it is that we're asking you to do, which is fax, email, call, write letters to your local rep representatives saying that you rely upon your postal service. You know, my mailman brings my medication. Whatever your personal story is, and and that 
uh, that website will direct you and, and guide you through what needs to be done. It'll even give you how to contact your representatives. <coughs> so that's, that's what we're needing. We need, we need the general public to get behind us so that we can deliver rain, snow, sleet, and pandemic. Wonderful. One good thing, one follow up on Chad, uh, when you log onto that website, there's a big rub, red button, take action and you click it oh, nice. and it just leads you through there. Nice. It, it automatically emails to all the representative, whatever your zip code is, whatever your address is, you click it, you put in your address, your, you know, your information and you just send it off and it sends it off to your representative. It couldn't be easier. It's the easiest thing to do. You don't that's have great. to, you know, you just click action and that's it. So, that's great. Yeah. Um, really quickly, just to wrap, just to wrap this up. Um, it's a pandemic and a lot of folks have lost their jobs. I wanted to ask briefly, is the Postal Service hiring right now? And is, a, is it an option to get a union job right now if you're uh, out yes. of work? Yes. Yes. Um, apply. USPS.com, USPS um, jobs, employment, go in there. Um, uh, you, if you go into the letter carrier, you'll have a, probably about a year or two where you're, uh, um, you don't have benefit. You have limited benefits. But at the end of the day, you're going to become a career employee. And for the post office, sorry, is it like um, a probationary period kind of thing? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, probationary period. Um, everybody's done it. It's kind of one of those things where, at the post office, once you start a career, about ninety nine percent finish it thirty years later. Hmm. It, it's more than just a job; it's a career. So you have to start off as, as they call it the CCA city carrier assistant. Chad teaches it. All the new carriers come in, and. Uh, Wages are good. You're going to have union benefits. You're going to have good pay. You're going to have sick leave. You're going to have vacation. You're going to have pensions. Let me close off by this. And let me tell you, we're the, and, and everybody I tell this kind of like blows their mind. So the post office is broke. Yet we're the, the, we have so much money in the bank. We have a retirement system that not only is it funded, fully funded, it's overfunded by $6 billion, meaning that we're still funding it, even though we've met our obligation to, uh, for, to retirees for the next 40 years. We have another retirement, civil service retirement. Not only is it funded, it has $70 billion overfunding. Then we have that health care, the pre-funding of the future health care. We have $60 billion in that that's overfunded. So it wipes we out, it wipes out the debt. The wipes it out right there. We have about two hundred yeah. billion dollars that we've overfunded in our retirement accounts and our healthcare accounts that we continually have to overfund. If yeah. we just had access to that overfunding, we should be good to go. Yeah, the postal so, service is solvent. Yeah, solvent. One hundred fifty billion dollars in just overfunding, and yeah. we still have to overfunding because it looks like it's revenue coming into the the treasury and all that good stuff. So. Well, that's great. Um, Philip and Chad, thank you so much for coming on the yes, Junction City Podcast, talking so about this. Uh, like I said, we want to encourage the JC peeps. Go to heroesdelivering.org, Chad? Com. Dot com. Dot com. And make sure that you reach out to Representative Bishop and also Senators Lee and Romney about this really important issue. Support the community, not only the letter carriers, but the folks who rely upon the Postal Service every single day in Weaver County. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to do polls. Pinkies up, thumbs down, and events. Hey, 
Ashley Wolthius and the Elements of Real Estate are proud to support the independent local journalism of the Junction City podcast. If you're buying or selling real estate, or if you need a certified residential appraiser, contact Ashley at theelementsofrealestate.com or by calling 801-391-8503. Welcome back. Uh, Thanks again to the local, Kobe, it's a local, I always get it. Letter, letter, carriers, letter union. carriers union for coming out and, and speaking about uh, their predicament at the post office. Um, we're going to jump right into polls, right? Yeah, yeah, I accidentally didn't put it in yeah. the rundown. No, but it's okay because I knew we had one. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so this poll didn't work out the way that I had thought. So during the week, I was listening to just, I was just on Twitter and just like listening to people talk. And one of the things that really struck me was that a lot of politicians, they talk a big game. They talk the tough guy talk, you know, it's like a mm-hmm. thing. And I'm like, yeah. what is the deal Greg with Hughes. This? Greg Hughes is the debate. You did not get anybody. No, everybody was like, what are you talking about, Kobe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I guess it wasn't clear what I meant. And so I just put in there, you know, do you prefer candidates who talk tough? And, and I guess nobody really understood what I meant. And uh, so what I meant was, uh, you know, like we said, people like Greg Hughes or Trump, you know, people who just like, they got this big, tough talk. And, and like, does that actually resonate with people? Like, does that work? And so we had some comments about, oh, talking tough is language that is toxic masculinity at its finest. And so a lot of people voted for that, which I can understand. Um, some people, they voted that they didn't really care. So there were, what, four people that voted that they didn't care. And then a couple just said that the question needs to be better defined. And you know, I, I was like, oh, this didn't You're like, I'm not a me. fucking scientist, guys. <laughs> Figure it out. Yeah. I don't this need to is... test validity on this. <laughs> it's a Facebook poll. No. no. Meg, yeah. the second that we become. No, I'm, I don't know where I was going with that. Never mind. It was a hmm. Facebook poll. I'm very curious yeah. what you were going to become in that. I'm envisioning the guy from Silence of the Lambs pulling the wiener between his legs and, and oh. dancing. Is that what you're going to become? <laughs> Do I make it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'd fuck no. you. Oh, my God. John, you said that way too accurately, though, in the voice. So creepy. So, I guess, like, let, let's do the poll here. So, tough talk. Tough talk. You know, like Trump, Greg Hughes. You know, even this happens sometimes on the left. You know, Sanders does the tough talk thing where he's like, I'm going to blah, blah, blah. These guys. Does that work? Does that resonate with you? I think I hate tough talk. Yeah. Like from everybody, including yeah, politicians. I don't, I don't like it either. Cause I think in my head all the time, I'm like, yeah, you really can't back that up though. Okay. So in my life, my favorite thing to do in real life when somebody talks tough to me is I just start laughing and I think it's just an instinct, but I just do it. That's what tough talk makes me do. I feel that, you know, when you, I've been watching these, um, Black Lives Matter. I watched one where a guy went to a Blue Lives Matter rally dressed as an, in an inflatable pig costume. And he oh. walked through. Yeah, it was a great video. But, you know, all these guys that are, you know, for the Blue Lives Matter, are like, I'm going to do this to you. I'm going to drop you. I'm going to do. And right. he just, you know, that he, they can't touch you because then well, they get an assault charge. They get you. So why bother trying to sound big when we know you have to keep your hands to yourself? Well, because they're, they're hoping that one person will cross the line. Because if mm-hmm. one person crosses yeah. the line, then, then the levy breaks, right? Then everybody can cross the line. 
And well, isn't that what happened at that 2016 Trump rally that somebody like, I don't know, there was some protester that ended up getting jumped by a mob of the crowd and it was because they had pushed somebody or something. So then everybody just kind of. Yeah, there, there was like they were walking the protester out and there's like one old guy who sucker punched oh, him. Yeah. Do you, do you, have you seen that video? I've seen yeah. that video. And then after that, like later, then all these people are just like pushing and all like all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, but, but basically what I, what I wanted to get at with the poll was, does, does that actually work? You know, where people talk this mm-hmm. big game about how they're going to, they're going to whatever to these guys and we're going to. But I think it's been proven that it does because right now the people that are in power, the Republican party and particularly the president has always talked this big game where the rest of us are, you know, I'm going to blow up the Middle East and we're going to do this. And and people have bought into that. They like that asshole part. But now we're finding that the blustering never did that shit. Blustering doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, That's a a good way to put it, Meg. It's like, it's not necessarily tough talk. It's bluster, right? Like, Oh, this is just, I'm going to blah, blah, blah. Okay. Okay. Wait, wait, hold on. Uh, Okay. So Beto O'Rourke, that's the one I was trying to think of. Tough talk on the left. How'd oh. you feel about how'd you feel about that? I didn't I, I thought that it wasn't helpful. Like the uh the whole like you're dang right we're gonna take the AK forty seven or whatever. Yeah. Assault, I think like he that. dropped that then he dropped the F bomb? Wasn't he like you're fucking right, oh. we we're gonna yeah, I thought Yeah, maybe he did. <laughs> and and you know, good for Beto, but like I just don't think that it, it was helpful because then it gave the right like the thing that they wanted yeah. more than anything. Yeah. It was like, see, see, this is what they're actually gonna do. It's like one guy just said it out loud because he knew that you know he knew the crowd. It's the same thing that Trump does. He says things that he knows the crowd are gonna get a reaction from that crowd. Beto knew who he was talking to, and he said the thing, and then you know right wing media ran with it. Um, but for me, I, I don't I don't think it was very helpful at all. So would you say that on the other end, then you want a big fence sitter? Well, we should, we should look yeah, into that's taking a great, those. That is a good, yeah, because what's the, what's the alternative of this tough talker, Kobe? Colby, what's the solution in the Middle East? In the Middle East? <laughs> oh, Habibi. <laughs> uh, Correct. Moving on. Yeah. Oh, wait, that what are we on? What are we, where, I'm lost I like, now. I like oh, the we're at the poll, t- right? We're at the poll. I like the tough talk when I'm in bed. I love it when Brian's just oh. like, listen, you're going to end. I'm going to then I'm Then I want my tough talk. But it's only the talk, and then it's like. Not on the campaign trail, though. And then say, please. <laughs> well. Sorry, Mom. Good good poll, yeah. Uh, too much in the bedroom there for Meg. Brian, uh, speaking well, of the show, I'm <laughs> speaking of pinkies up. Yeah, speaking of pinkies up. No, <laughs> that's a great got, transition. I'll, uh, go ahead, yeah. John. I'll go first because I got my uh, mine's kind of dumb, but I'm like annoyed with the state government how we have an epidemiologist saying we should shut everything down, and mm. then a governor saying that we shouldn't. But really, my problem but with he it cares. is. Oh yeah, he. I mean, he cares, but I don't like the marital strife it causes. Where like me and my wife are trying to make decisions related to our kids, and you know, one of us is on the epidemiologist side, and one's on the government side, and we're trying to balance our life and stay sane, and you know, just makes it hard. Conflict in government means conflict yeah. at home. Guys. Yeah. Pinky. So who's which is Thumbs which? I, I kind of want to know who's on which yeah, side. Yeah, I want to know who's wanting to go out and who's wanting to stay in. No, 
you know, marriage isn't about pointing fingers. It's not about taking <laughs> sides. Yeah, that's a that's a cop out of I ever heard one. Yeah, I'm really yeah. curious who Meg, wants to stay. Meg brought in. us in her bedroom, and you can't just tell us who. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you, it's like we want to let our kid go out and do stuff. And so my wife says, groups less than 10 people, you know, that should be okay. And I'm like, we can't trust any of those things because cases are still spreading. So we got to just back off of it all. And I mean, we're both kind of right. Or, do you want me to say who I rule on the side of? I think you're on my side. I would love to hear if I that's the case. I am not. No, all right, no thanks. I'm not. <laughs> I'm I let my kids play with a neighbor kid, you know, or a small. I I do because it's what a about group a... lower than 10. We wash our hands. We we do all we can, but. What if she wants to hang out with a group of 10 kids who don't take it seriously? Well, how do you know they don't take it seriously? Like, how are they really a doorknob? Like, what do... are they doing that's not taking it seriously? Because Meg, we all had an option. We all had an option of not going to dance class. We were the only family in the whole school, I think, that opted to not go back to dance class a while ago. And I think that's so, really brave, though. I think that's a really brave thing to uh, do what's right for you. Yeah. But I don't know. Because that's the whole shitty thing about this whole thing is you never know if you're going too far because no one knows anything about... Well, we no, pulled out a dance class. We're not doing dance. We're not doing things like that. But we have yeah. been, they have played with a friend one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. But we, we haven't done any group stuff, no. Right. So yeah, thumbs down to that bullshit. I'm sorry. You should get her a present. She's got too many presents. <laughs> uh, Kobe, what's your thumbs down? Um, so I have a couple. So I have um, pickies up this week to, uh, I noticed that there are a lot of Republicans on social media, especially on Twitter, who have been really open and have come out unequivocally that like, hey, Black Lives Matter, that like racism isn't cool. Um, it's, it's good to see sort of some movement and not the usual, oh no, that's BS or oh no, you know, like it's, it feels like this particular issue has not been the usual line line in the sand kind of thing where you know it's this side versus that side it feels like there's been some movement so pinky's up to that you know people are willing yeah, to say cool. yeah man like racism is not cool and uh, we shouldn't do it you know like surprisingly nascar has been one of the most progressive sports yeah. you know leagues or organizations in the country you know now with this you know with this noose in uh the guy bubba i forgot his last name i don't who is that bubba, guy? bubba. Uh, Watkins. Well, they had the news hanging. Yeah. Yeah, like it wasn't cool, and like NASCAR was pissed, and they. Is he a NASCAR guy? Yeah, he's the only black driver in NASCAR. Yeah, and he's oh, the I one see. that came out and said, "Really, you got to get rid of the Confederate flag with racing. You guys got to." Mm. And so they did. Be a leader. Yeah, and and then somebody decided that they thought it would be a funny thing to put a noose in his pit area, and NASCAR was not for it. And I, I think they're going to find the guy, and they're going to. I thought that they, I thought that they found that it was like there since like October. October, yeah. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Which is crazy, right? I mean, they think it is. I guess they don't know, but they have yeah. reason to believe that it was there since October. So that's like, mm, fuckers. Bubba Wallace. Uh, Bubba Wallace. Wait a minute, Dan. You're telling me that racism didn't just start recently with these protests? Apparently not, John. Apparently, the FBI found. I don't it's buy been it. it's been going on since October of 2019. Oh That's how long. <laughs> I haven't felt it yet. Still, it was it, cured when Barack Obama was elected. It'll come that to was you, the John. End of racism. Yeah. 
So, but it's been interesting to see folks sort of move on that issue and, and you know, yeah. be human about it and unequivocal that this is wrong. This is not acceptable. So Pinky's up to that. But also I had a realization tonight as I was driving around and um, I deliver a lot of pizza. I drive around. I see a lot of people with American flags in their front yard or, you know, and I realized something and it, and it made, it made me feel a little bit gross, but it also made me realize that there's work to do. And I've realized that I have begun to subconsciously equate uh, the American flag to right-wing extremists, you know, people with <gasps> Trump signs in their yards. No. Yeah. It's like, what oh, you're I saying that you start feeling yucky about the American flag. I've had yeah. that same feeling. I feel gross when I see it. And then I go, well, that's not right. That's not exactly. And, and that's, and that's like the thumbs down pieces that like, you shouldn't be this way. No. It shouldn't be that way at all. That like because I've, we've used we've now made the flag a divisive symbol. It's no longer a symbol of unity, but it's it's something of divisiveness. Yeah, because one particular side has wrapped themselves in the flag and and yeah. you know have said, oh, this you know this flag is our agenda. They, they've they've co opted it, and I think that's unfair. And I think that as Democrats, we got to do more to to bring it back and say, no, 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 like you don't own this symbol. You don't own patriotism. Well, I have my American flag out, you know, because it is important to me, particularly being a child of a veteran, but it's not, it's in my backyard because that's where we sit. That's where we hang out. That's where my family is to look at it. It's not to let my neighbors know, oh, I'm a patriot. I, it's my own thing. I don't have to prove to anyone else. Yeah. You know well, what, Colby? I was actually just thinking of this. You've mentioned this before that you want to take back the flag. Yeah, and I, I can't think of why. I was like, like in the last week, I saw the flag. I was thinking about how you said that. I was thinking about how to take back the flag. And it's like even the words that people use around the flag, those are all conservative words. You don't say words like, you know, America. Patriot. And yeah, even that. And like uh, America Brave, America the Brave, and all that stuff. Like even the terminology ar around <sighs> flag love. It's old glory john we need to take back that old glory right because isn't it wasn't it like old glory right no i've never sure. heard anyone say that except sounds like a oh my gosh brian you sound like a confederate to be honest but no stop stop what <laughs> But I thought I that know. was like a, a, a thing, wasn't that I a thing? I have no idea. It's a, when I don't a, know the origin of something, I assume it was <laughs> racist. <laughs> That's your default? It's you're safe. Like, hey, you're, safe you're, safe hey, you're like 75% right. Yeah, <laughs> it's a safe default. I can't blame him. Yep, which yeah, is so, sad. So, I'm so, put, th I'm so thumbs down to conservatives co-opting the flag. The flag should not be a partisan thing, and um, we need to do more to take it back so that yep. it's not. How do we do that, Kobe? That's a that's an episode for another day. We gotta make shirts out of it. We gotta make socks out of it. Yeah, we gotta, right. we gotta put start it wearing on it. Everything. Is I gotta it put it on the car? back of my van. I'll have it like vehicle, hanging Daniel? off the van by the tailpipe. We just People gotta underwear, condoms. There needs to be like a special flag space on a Tesla. Oh my gosh! Dan, make do you think there's happen. an American flag condom? That would be. There's weird. gotta be, right? I can guarantee like... it, and I want it. I'm not gonna Google it. All right. I would use that so many times. Wow. Uh, I have I have a pinkies down. Pinkies up. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. I mean, sorry. I, <laughs> a pinkies. It doesn't matter. They're interchangeable. Pinky, my pinkies somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, so uh, my my boys are in scouts, and much to my chagrin, they love scouts. And uh, I go scouts to a scout fun. meeting. And first of all, I get ragged on by the group 
of the people there because I'm wearing a mask. And then during oh. the meeting, I sit at a different table, not with oh. the group. They had 10 people sitting at one park table and I sat a table across and down one. So I got ragged on this. So here's the thing the den master, who is a prominent businessman in Weber County says to me, he says, are you gonna come sit at the table? And I said, no, I'm good right here. And he said, well, why don't you wanna come? And I said, well, he knows why. There's no social distancing. And he goes, well, you could come over here and sit on my lap. What? Oh, wow. No way. He doubled down. Kidding me? No, I am <laughs> not kidding you. <laughs> Dude, he told what? me I could come and sit on his lap. Oh, wow. Dude, what, what did you say after that? I am mortified. I just said, I don't think my husband would like that. Ha ha ha. Because what do you say? There's all this social pressure. Well, they're already there's social putting pressure. On you. And, and I have, I do, I want to burn the bridges for my boys in scouts. Right. And uh, I am embarrassed. I wish I had said something more, uh, you know, because I, your default setting of polite Nice right. and just brush it off. Who is I'm trying. I can't. I'm not gonna call him out. Here oh, you have ha to. No, come yes. on. My boys are in the scout troop, and I don't, don't want to burn the scout troop for that my is boys. Unacceptable. That is unacceptable. unacceptable. Say it in the disguised way, like Blondel. <laughs> I'll say he works. Blondel Blagan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let me think of this. Usty Umacher. Oh, I don't know anybody in the community. So, so this is what he said to me, Schumacher. and and yeah, it's Joel and Schumacher, I, guys. I stewed over it. I've really oh. been stewing oh, over he it. Passed away. No, I bet, Meg. That really so is. So the some thumbs bullshit. down is one to myself because I'm still in that mode of accepting or tolerating that kind of behavior, and then the thumbs down is that the scouts is still having this misogynistic issues with things, you know, mm -hmm. we can't weed out these people because they're, it's so ingrained in the culture of the scouts report that guy. Even when, and I, I am going to do that. I really am like, I like, need to, but it is unacceptable. even that feels like it could have repercussions on your kid. And so I don't and care that, I, and, if, if the scouts want to, if they want to defend him and he's out there, doing this kind of thing but no it's not about the scouts it's about that he has the money to have the pack run so scouts is a dying thing so if you want your child in scouts you really do have to drive a certain amount of distance or put in a certain amount of something to let them do scouts because it is a dying thing because the lds yeah. church pulled mm -hmm. i was gonna say pulled out but that feels so wrong no, but it feels right. they they let <laughs> Okay, but Meg, I guess the question you got to ask yourself is, you're sending your kids to be taught by this man. But he's not. He's the den master. I am the leader. I'm the den mom. So they're actually under me, mm. you know, and he's just the guy that puts the money together and puts that stuff together. Just mm. because he has money doesn't mean he gets a pass, man. Yeah. I mean, what, what if that was like, you want to raise money Would for you? Your, be, yeah. Get out we'll of raise here. money for you. Like you, you should not have yeah. to put up with that behavior. Well, just so your I, children can I've have an experience. Just, so the, my thumbs down really is to myself that I still, you know, and Brian was like, I'm going to email him. I'm going to do this. And I was like, Brian should go don't. and punch him in the jaws. No, because I asked him not exactly. to do anything because I don't want my boys to not get to do scouts. And I feel like to our, our female listeners and, and men that, you probably know where I'm coming from. You start censoring yourself or putting up with certain things because you don't want your children to miss out. 
Mm-hmm. So there, yeah. there you go. There you go. So just when I think I'm going to be this tough broad, I'm like, oh, I don't say any lot. No. Well, I disagree. Thumbs down to you. You don't deserve that. Well, yeah. let's go light a bag of shit on his porch. I'm looking Ooh. him up now to make sure I'm not wrong. This on is and that is business. There are some teenagers in the community below the age of legal repercussions. Yeah, that can go and take care of this. <laughs> so there's there's my story for the week. Yeah. That's so. I'm sorry, Meg. I know. So what happens when you have big titties? People just think, oh, big titties, you can just bug her. (laughs) I mean, I have been getting bugged quite a bit more lately. With your big titties? This should be a thing of the middle class where, like, there's rich people who are above repercussions, and so we have to enlist young people who are above repercussions to enact revenge. Does this sound crazy? I'm going to backtrack on this and just... Sounds like it should be a comic book. What the hell, John? What are you talking about? A group of well, young I just came up with a terrific idea, but it's okay. We can just move past it for now until you're ready for it. Are you talking about in society? Or are we talking about like, uh, yeah, maybe that's a different conversation for another day. Uh, mm-hmm. My pinkies up was easy. It was uh, to Harriet Tubman and the folks that are tearing down all these Confederate uh, statues. Uh, um, Trey, Trey, Crowder, I think is what his name is. Yeah. He's a cool. comedian, a blue collar comedian, but he's a Democrat guy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I saw a video. He, he posted a video about why not pull down all these Confederate statues because they're losers and they're assholes and put up like badass people mm-hmm. from the South, like Harriet Tubman, not old Harriet Tubman, but like taking on people with fucking guns, Harriet Tubman, freeing like 700 slaves, Harriet yeah. Tubman. Oh, Not a man. traitor to the yeah. United States. Harriet that's a machine gun fucking, statue. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was like. Fuck yes, that's what we need. How do we not have something? Yeah, like that? just like these fanfic uh, statue, like, like like very Martin Django on Un- Django and... Unchained style, right? Yeah, that's what yes. I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was that was my pinkies <laughs> up. <laughs> no, I think I love. I too think. What do you think though about going on to BYU and writing racist on Brigham Young, onto a private mm. university's property? I don't. I don't care about their private property. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I do. I shouldn't be so blasé about that. <laughs> You're blustering. Why not, John? I don't know. Hey, you know, man, I'm all for the rule of law. I understand people doing things out of anger. I'm not sure there are enough black people in Provo for this to have been perpetrated by one of them, so. Yeah. Well, I, I'm pretty impressed with Provo right now between their protests that they had and somebody went on and wrote. Because, I mean, it's, let's stop. Let's call a spade a spade. That's the problem is that we sit there and we try to neglect parts of history because Christopher Columbus discovered the Americas. We'll give him a pass. No, yeah. we have to take the good and the bad. Yeah, right. We can't just not teach all of the slavery that came with Christopher so, Columbus. But I agree with you, Dan. I love seeing the this come down instead of people thinking because somebody fought in a Confederate uniform and you know withdrew from the United States that they're some kind of hero. They're not. Yeah. Well. And I, were, were you, you know, something else, Kobe? Um, Sorry. I, uh, well, just just an extension of that. How do you feel about renaming of military bases, who for some reason are named after Confederate people, like uh, oh, yeah. Fort Bragg? 
Yeah, why are they? That's, I think yeah, that's why? stupid yeah. to begin with. Braxton Bragg fought against, you know, the Union and lost. He that's, won some battles, but he also Is that lost. all he's known for? Like, did he do anything after he lost the war? I don't know. There's just so many. Yeah, there's just so many great people in history. Why are we fucking? Yeah. Assholes. Well, and I I like the idea of taking this stuff down. It's not erasing history, but put it in a museum where there's context. This guy was part of the Confederacy. He owned slaves. You know what? It doesn't mean you have to get rid of them. Just put them in the place where they need to belong, where you can give the back. I'm. I think I'm okay with that as long as it's just like the head. Do you know what I mean? I just the head, just, just the severed head of it. Fine. Put well, that. we have to give yeah. context and honesty to things instead of making people look like heroes out of stone. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's fair. So, um, moving on, upcoming events. What's up? I'm gonna start with my thing because I'm actually gonna be there. And so is Kobe, apparently, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna try and go. What's yeah. up? Try and go. What? Try and go. What is this? Well, I feel like someone That's might come up. Answer. Let me. Okay, let me just say what it is. <laughs> Weber Dems Environmental Caucus Highway Cleanup. It's on Hinkley Drive, 8:30 a.m. to 10:30 a.m. I signed up for both hours. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Pinkies up. Commitment. Oh my gosh! Let's I was gonna give my pinkies up to myself, but I had done it three weeks oh. in a row, and I didn't. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't do it. Starting to feel dirty. Yeah, yeah a little bit. Starting. Uh, but yeah, come out and help the Weber Dems uh, clean up the highway, uh, Hinkley Drive, eight thirty a.m. So it'll be. I think that they're gonna meet right by. They just built a. If you guys remember where Smoker Friendly used to be, um, it's right across the street from Auto Leave. Uh, Smoker now they, Friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they. Yeah, there's a little smoke shop. No, and like a little trailer. Yeah. Where Hinkley meets Pennsylvania. Yeah. And uh, now that there's a Chevron, they just built a Chevron there. I think that's oh. where they'll be meeting. And, and then you Chevron. Can... Yeah. Can't wait. We'll have some uh, FaceTime with Zach Thomas. Yep. Ooh. Right? That guy's a powerful dude. He's doing a lot. Power player. Uh, and then also, I, I don't know about you, Kobe, but I plan on going. My Saturday is going to be busy. I'm going to be live streaming all this because it's the eight can't wait rally for police reform. I'm going to that. This oh. is going to be uh, a municipal building. It's the same thing. Uh, it's held, uh, hosted by, um, oh man, Malik. Why, uh, Malik. Gosh. Uh, it'll be the same place that we did the take the knee. Uh, this will be going on from 1 PM to 3 PM. Yeah. So and there. it's time to make Randy Watt. Listen, everybody, he refuses to meet. He refuses to sit down and discuss what can be done to make OPD a better police um, agency for the community they serve. And yeah. they refu- he refuses to sit down. So This is what you get when you reelect a mayor who is largely elected by a bunch of white people. Yeah, wealthy and then white that, people. And then, yeah, and then that mayor turns around and continues to protect people like Randy Watt. Randy it's, Watt does not have to come out and talk to the community because right. the, the mayor has his back. So like well, I will definitely be there. I will definitely be there and and I'm ready for this discussion and to do what I can do with my privilege because yeah. I have it. So would it help if we wrote a message across our chest like at a football game? I'll do yeah, that. John, we're gonna we're yeah, meeting we actually at twelve thirty. So uh, you bring the paint, John, and okay. I'll bring the stencils. All right. And I won't even ones. bring a shirt. Uh, oh, I won't yeah. even uh, need no, it. No, no. 
Pants, right. pants even are optional, really. Oh, COVID doesn't this. come out of your breasts, I suppose. <laughs> Not mine. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, and then Tuesday, June 30th. Bum, 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 bum. Primary election day. What's up? Yep. Oh, my God. So if you haven't voted by then, um, like Ricky Hatch talked about last week, uh, you'll have to go down to Weber Center, which is 2380 Washington Boulevard to vote in person and you have to already be registered to vote you cannot register on the spot so if you're not registered to vote now sorry it's too late you're you're not going to be able to vote in the primary but get registered to vote so you can be certain to vote in the general in november and i think there's an opportunity to register at the uh rally on saturday right dan yes i will be registering people to vote what's up what's up so there you go I'm getting lots of mileage out of telling people I'm a Republican. It's really great. My <laughs> oh wife's my family, God. my Republican neighbors, they all like me more now, guys. You know, John fits in now. He's got the big truck. Oh, my God. Registered Republicans. I want to buy guns. an assault rifle. You should hear the, you the gun conversations I'm having. You guys, I'm fitting yeah. in like You should crazy. hear the conversations that we have outside of this recording. The stuff John says yeah. to me as a person of color, just terrible. Mm-hmm. Oh, I come up with new offensive stuff. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Uh, you know, I wasn't done with the events, John. Young oh, Dems good. of Virtual Utah Convention also uh, having and elections uh, are 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. on Tuesday, June 30th. Yep. That was it. Nice. So if you like the show, you should like the show and uh, like us on Facebook. Uh, join the Junction City podcast. Join the Junction City forum. Sorry. So uh, like us on Twitter. Or follow us on Twitter and Instagram, um, YouTube. Give us money from Patreon on Patreon. If you give us enough money, so let's say right now, everybody okay with this? The first person to give us fifty dollars guest host yes. on the show. Yeah, we'll depends send them to No, not depends who it is. It's fifty dollars. Right. First Whoever person. Whoever it is, come along, bet, crazy. He's he's Satow right there. Oh, all right. I mean, yeah, Keith can come on. Stop, for, for fifty dollars. Oh my god! I would love for Heath to be on. I'm telling you. I love him. Yeah. So. he's great. That man's brain is amazing. Right. Uh, yeah. So go to Patreon. Give us. Money give us fifty and- bucks, Heath, just for funsy. For funsies. Sorry. Um. Tell your friends. That's the, I think the biggest takeaway is tell your friends about the show. Uh, it helps us grow. Um. Helps get um the message into more people's ears and hopefully builds the community. Builds the community. I love that. You guys get it. It's the whole point of the show. Yeah, and you should right. rate us and like us. Rate us uh, five stars everywhere. And you'll get a sticker. Show us that you rated us five stars, and we'll give you a sticker. Yep. Kobe, show yeah, hey, the sticker. Follow us, us somewhere because we might have, have a juicy it. news story coming soon. We might have one of two or two of juicy news stories. So follow us on something so you see Yeah, it. I even grandma'd stuff, guys. Oh, she did. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Did uh, you guys – hey. Speaking of speaking of news stories, did you guys see that that article that Kathy McKittrick put out about Carrie Gibson? We posted oh, yeah, it. That was going to be my pinkies up. Oh man, that, Kathy McKittrick is late. a badass. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, she she back seriously, she's great. But that was that was a great piece. Was that a result of the Supreme Court thing? No, it was outside no. of it. It was separate. It was about Gibson's time at the Department of Agriculture and right. in the DCO group and all the shady stuff that was going on with them. The man is dishonest. I hope Jaden Priest listens to this show and decides not to vote for him. I think Jaden Priest is one step away from a 
He, he voted. He, he didn't say it. He did endorse him. <laughs> Came out and told people to vote for him. But seriously, though, like us and uh, give us five stars. And like we say every week. All politics is local, folks.